Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to episode two of Table Talk. I'm here with Michael Ramos and Evan James again. Welcome back, guys. Good to see you again. Good to see you guys. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, We had a lot of fun on our first podcast and we're back again for more. Um, And today we thought that we would talk about social media. Social media is something that has um, taken over our lives, turned our world upside down and for good, bad and ugly, I guess, all the way around. And so that's kind of why we wanted to talk about it. It's something that has really made an impact on the world and um, our communities, our personal lives, our, our business lives and um, really changed, you know, things, whether we like it or not. So um, that's what we're going to kind of get down with today. Um, And from that, I guess the question is, um, Mike, for you, how how is social how do you think social media has impacted you and your life? Well, I think there's I think everything starts with perspective and you can really look at it positively or negatively, Mm -hmm. whichever way you decide to see it. I know more of the older generations are like, oh man, people are all on the computer and all this and look at all these YouTube stars and all that. But I just see more opportunity now. Mm -hmm. Like nowadays you can, if you know something, you can teach people. Like I see social media as a way you can network more with people meet people um, reach out to people like even evan when he reached out to his mentor he met him through social media media. and i actually reached out to evan and met him through social media so the power of that is like amazing to me i michael showed me you through his social media channel Mm -hmm. that was my first that's my first contact or you know that's the first way I was able to see who you were and what you did. And I really think like people don't really see the opportunity because like to me, I'm I'm not confident to like go and talk to people and like that I don't know. Bullshit. I mean, I've, I've <laughs> developed it now better, but like when I first started, I'd be shy, you know, walk around. Yeah, yeah. And I think social media has helped me because like if I get turned down, they just don't write back, you know? Uh, if you go up to someone in person and you introduce yourself and say that, like, they can come at you negatively or they could just shine you off. But with so it's so made it easier to take a no for you. Is that? Yeah. Okay. And it's made it easier for me to go and just reach out. You know, like it's given me, I guess I would say more balls to say, say hi to someone or like, hey, man, like, I really like what you're doing. Like, I'd like to learn from you. And I think with social media. I saw my career really turn because that's how like I really looked at people in the industry that I was doing and I was like what is it that they're doing that's super interesting because I'm quite the opposite I will run up and talk to anybody face to face and if I'm reaching out you know sliding into a DM for business reasons or whatever it is I think about it and I'm more hesitant to reach out that way Mm, and yeah. I don't know if that's the, the, the age and generation gap, you know, there or what it is. But so I, that's quite yeah. that's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I think I just learned this off of a barber that I was like watching and he was just like, man, like, you know what I did when I was trying to learn how to cut hair? I just looked at someone that on Instagram on hashtags and I looked at his beards or his hair and I was like, that guy's got nice hair. So I'd reach out to him and be like, hey. Would you uh, let me do a video on you? You have some nice hair. Like I'd like to I'd like for you to be a model for me. And basically, if they take the bite, you're basically giving them a free experience. You're marketing yourself. And if you can actually serve them and actually pull through and give them a good service, then you have a chance to win a customer. So I, I think there's so many ways that is is positive in it that you know people don't really overlook now if you're waking up and the first thing you're looking at is your social media and every time you look at it it makes you feel like bad or it makes you feel like sad 
then I think you shouldn't. But what are some of the reasons you think people feel sad or bad when they look at their profiles? Is it a lack of likes and they're not getting the what what would that be? Well, I just think people compare themselves to other people. Okay. And when you're going and you know, obviously most of your friends or the people you follow are friends that were in high school or you know and you just see some people getting success that you're like, well, you feel down on yourself if you don't have the success that they have or if you don't have as many friends as them or things like that, it's kind of like a popularity contest that sure, they really sure, like look sure. at. It creates more of like that competition with people that are in your same age group or graduated the same year as you. But yeah, like with social media though too, going back to that barber that um, learned a lot of stuff through social media, that's me too. I've learned almost everything through YouTube. So without that social media platform, I wouldn't be doing what I'd be doing right now too. And see, like when I first got into barber industry, it was in 2009. YouTube wasn't around mm -hmm. like it is now. Barbers weren't putting stuff on YouTube. So I didn't have, so I couldn't go and like learn how to do a fade on YouTube. I couldn't learn how to do a certain style on YouTube. Now I can, but I feel like it's opened opportunities for kids and I see a lot of people in my industry that are only a year or two into this and they're a lot more advanced than I was because of the opportunities and the, the opportunities they create for themselves. They're, they're putting in the work, learning, watching the videos and actually putting it into action. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause now you don't have to go to class or like a seminar either. Yeah. You can learn it from at home while before you're going to bed, you can watch a couple of YouTube videos or, um, wherever if you have downtime or if you're in the car you can play a video and just listen to it and learn yeah. from it absolutely i think that um one of the major impacts that social media is going to have is on the university system mm -hmm. um because quite frankly now in this day and age you have the world's information out on the internet um it's much easier these days to um for anybody who has a skill to put themselves out there mm -hmm. and, and to educate whatever group or whatever um, audience they're trying to educate. And so what's kind of funny if you think about it is the internet has allowed um, society, society kind of come full circle because back in the day it used to be a lot of mentor-apprentice relationships and people built a, um, built a career out of that, right? Whether it be, you know, way, way back in the day, a blacksmith or even doctors, that's how it was done to begin with. Um, and now, and then we, you know, we had that point in time from, you know, the, the late 40s and the, and the early 50s onto it's still going today where it's okay kids are expected to graduate high school jump into college get a degree and that's going to be their jump into um their career and their livelihood yeah. but it it's made it come full circle to where it's so much easier to now have that that master apprentice relationship again and actually create an income and create a life through that method of, of training and um, apprenticeship. Yeah, I think the the um, the standard of kids going to college after they graduate high school is going to change a lot within the next five to ten years just because of social media and because of the like educational purposes that it provides. Not everybody's going to want to go to college now because they'll be able to get that experience and that knowledge from YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, from people that are actually yeah, doing that, it. that are you professionals know. in their industry and just teaching it through that. And that was one of the things that I had in barber school. I didn't have someone that was successful in my industry teaching me. I had someone teaching me that was successful 30 years ago, mm -hmm. you know, and he was telling me what worked for him 30 years ago, but it doesn't work in this day and age. Yeah. And like even some of the schools I go to that I like just go to these events. I see there's a lot of teachers that weren't successful in the industry. So they kind of fell back a little and did the next best thing and teach. And basically the school is just teaching you how to pass the test. Right. They're right, teaching right. you how to get the skills and all that. It's up to you to really harness what you're going to focus yeah. on 
and really specialize in that thing. And you, it's kind of like getting your license is the first step. You haven't learned anything yet. You have to like, there's no real so world practical. Yeah. It's just theory. And like, you're learning a little bit of every little thing in that industry, but the successful people, they are masters at that one thing. Like you have yeah. master colorists that are like, they just focus on color. They don't even cut. They don't even style. All they do is color and they make lots of money because all they do is color and they're like masters at that. So they've developed that skill and just that. And now, you know, they can teach that to other people through social media as well. Right now. What do you, what are your thoughts on, um, how really people have become like the best PR version of themselves now, right? Like everybody is putting out a public relations version of themselves and um, you hear it all the time. The, the word authenticity thrown around um, in regards to social media, but at the same time, everybody's a PR version of themselves. What's your take on that? Um, I think social media lets people kind of become, um, certain people, not everybody, but become a different version of themselves if they want to create like a false, um, like a FOD, I guess, of themselves. Um, and like if they have any insecurities or whatever, they can change that through social media and convey themselves as super positive or super outgoing or super confident when they're in real life they're a completely different person um and people can also do the same things where if they're more of a negative person or positive person online they can be the opposite in real life um, right right so it just lets people kind of create a new reality for themselves like a new personality if they like um that can be either good or bad depending on what you decide to do if you um decide to go the more less authentic route so if i met someone on social media and i talked to them and i saw their profile and they seem like this certain person and then i meet them in person and they're completely different then there's a there's an air and the authenticity right there um i try and convey the most authentic version of myself through social media as well as in real life so i am the same no matter where you talk to me no matter what I'm posting, it's always mm -hmm. going to come back down to what I stand for, my morals and my personality type right. versus <clears throat> some other people decide to do the opposite. But I think like that's like you can also see it as a good way as well. Like, have you guys ever watched the movie New Guy? No. Mm -hmm. New Guy. OK, well, never mind. Well, but sure. Sure. So, your point. So New Guy is he's going to this school and he basically has like a bad reputation at this school like basically it was picked on he was just like uh like a nerd and like can't remember what happened but something tragic happened to him i think he like zipped his his junk in his, his junk or something like something happened <laughs> uh -huh. that, Ouch. that the whole school knew about it but he went to jail and he met you know some guy in there and that guy basically taught him confidence and like when people look bad at you like you give them like this look and it was just more like, a whoosh, you know, every time someone looked at him. So when he went to this new school, he basically put on a show where like he came out of jail with like these straps all around uh -huh. him and they let him go. And people were like, what is going on with that guy? So when they were all looking at him, some of the jocks were kind of staring at him and he gave them that look and they kind of got scared. So he was able to create someone else that, you know, didn't really define what had happened to him. So I guess you can kind of see it like that when people go through tragic things in high school, mm -hmm. things like that, because you're still developing, you're still trying to fit in. And sometimes, you know, you never know what happens, but people get scarred and that kind of affects their whole life. So through social media, they can kind of um, develop those insecurities in a way. Sure, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a new thing. I think that has been around since the beginning of time. People have built personas as an outlet mm -hmm. or a way to give them that something that they're missing. Uh, you see it through performers all the way back to 
you know, the beginning of entertainment, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it's really some, something that once you hit the stage, the lights flip, you know, the switch flips yeah, and, and you you're this whole new person, different person. Yeah. right? Um, and, you know, you can see people like, I, I'm sure people like Marilyn Manson don't have that full get up while they're sitting at home mm-hmm. or, or kiss yeah. the band kiss. They're not sitting around sticking their tongue out with, with the black makeup and platform shoes at yeah. home. Right. Yeah. So there's always been an outlet to do these things. It's not necessarily a new thing. Um, I think it's just on full tilt blast now because anybody and everybody can do it before there were really gatekeepers and things like that to if you got noticed or not and and people got to pick and choose who was put on front street but now anybody and everybody can do it and that's where the big difference is everyone has a voice now and everyone can be heard so that could be good or bad too yeah it just depends on how you want to use it um to your advantage or your disadvantage yeah definitely and i think it's it's also going back to like you can be a different persona like if you meet someone in real life and they don't stand up for themselves and they like you know get bullied social media they can really basically like be like bullies themselves yeah because Uh they don't have to confront anybody you know they're behind a screen and a keyboard and and keyboard and that's kind of like another way they can do it so there's so many different ways and perspectives. I just think it really has to be with like, what is your mission that you're using it for? Like, are you using it to like see what other people are doing or are you using it to inspire you or motivate you or make you feel better? Or like the way I see it, when I see a, a barber, a celebrity barber or anything, like to me, I used to feel jealous because I would always put myself like, oh, why can't I do that? But I really realized that I can do that. I just need to put in the work. They put in the work. I don't know what they did to do that, but I can find out if I just ask them. I think you bring up a great point because the one of the things that um, about social media is, and I believe I got this from, from Gary V is he said the way he put it was that um, social media shouldn't really be referred to as social media. It should really be referred to as the current state of the internet um, because that's just really what it is. But you bring up a great point um, in the way that um, the internet is really the great equalizer. The internet doesn't care if you're red, black, white, brown, yellow, purple, Martian, poor, poor. rich. It doesn't care if you're a Democrat, you're a Republican. You can go out there and try and make something of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to. Or you can sit there and just be lazy behind a keyboard talking shit to people all day long if you want to, right? But it is a great equalizer. So I think that, you know, one of the things that um, society can do to leverage its power is to go out there and try things. And, and from, from your perspective a little bit earlier, it, it seems that it made you a little bit less afraid to go out and try it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely a positive. And once people learn that, hey, because you're a woman, it doesn't mean that you can't go out there and be a hip hop star. There are more hip hop stars now, women hip hop stars now more than ever. Before it was, you know, again, going back to those gatekeepers, one or two were let through and now they're, they're all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have that power to go out there and, um, put out your music and put out your, put out who you are and what you're about to the world. And you don't need a bunch of, you you don't need to get signed to, you know, Def Jam or whatever the hell is. I mean, it was Def Jam in my day. I don't know what the big label is now, but you you don't have to wait for them. You can just pull a Justin Bieber and, you know, be a soldier boy is the one that started it. Yeah, there's six year olds that are multimillionaires because they review toys. It's like whatever. If you can find something that you like doing through social media and you can create that platform for yourself to make all that money. 
Yeah, I mean, I think most of them that that mm. start it just start it because they like yeah, it. Yeah, that's how a lot of the people that become something, mm-hmm. a lot of them are just posting videos because they think it's fun. Yeah, and they do that for a year or two because that they stay so consistent because it's just fun to them. They're not trying to get money because when you do it for the money and you are posting consistently for two months and nobody's biting then you lose all your motivation yeah Yeah, so you stop doing it but the people that do it just for fun will do it for two years straight and not get any views and then their 300th video will go viral and then they become this huge star and that's actually um my client i have a client who has a youtube channel check Mm -hmm. him out it's 40 over fashion yeah Um, his his name is john Galfano, and i met him about like three years ago he moved from Seattle and a little bit of his story is, you know, he would always think about like, oh man, like girls really take care of themselves. Like guys could take care of themselves too, you know, but like, we don't give a shit. But we, we, we don't. <laughs> but as like what he explained is like, he's, he's over 40 and you know, he wants his, his lady to look good, but he's over here. Not if, if he's over here nagging at her, like, why don't you look good? Why don't you go work out? You know, like that's the wrong way to do it. Obviously, you that married, you know, you would never say that to your wife. <laughs> Unless I want to yeah. get punched. <laughs> so he thought of reverse psychology in a way. Like, I'm going to start taking care of myself. I'm going to start looking better. I'm going to start putting, investing time. Then, you know, women started noticing that. And his wife started maybe noticing, like, at the time that he was doing that. So that encouraged her maybe to start taking care of herself and he actually got what he wanted which is for her to take care of herself more but going on that is he started this youtube like years ago and he was just doing things to give out information everything he learned he came in here i taught him how to use a blow dryer man he sells his hair way better than i can now (laughs) and like he does have great hair yeah he does have great (laughs) hair and he's he's always teaching him something new like he had a little um he's he's gray you know, he has gray hair. He's had gray hair since he was young. And he's he had like a little bit of like this yellow stain in his hair from like the products that he was using. And I just taught him a little bit like maybe you can use some purple shampoo to get it out. It cancels out the brassiness. I gave him a bottle. He went and bought some. And then he w- went and made a YouTube video for those that are around his age that have the same problem. So he's giving out valuable content. And I think he was just putting out a lot of stuff until he had a video that came out which was i think 10 mistakes most older men do trying to dress young and that got him so much like i'm pretty sure he didn't think that was gonna get him but now he's got like over 50k i'm probably even a lot more now subscribers subscribers and his content is getting better and he didn't do this like i think at the start to like get paid but he started doing it and he saw opportunity and now like since he had that video he has a full-time job on youtube he stopped his videography for weddings and he's not taking any more inquiries and he's doing this full-time so i think it's he was doing it to help people you know because he didn't have that when he was looking for it he just had fashion for young guys but nothing for older guys so he's found his niche found his niche and now he's he's the only one in that market you know basically doing that because there's very few people doing it there's like i can maybe that i know that don't only do it to like the men over 40 but just do it to men in general Mm -hmm. um it's like maybe like five main guys on youtube that and those guys are probably around my age or maybe a little bit younger like your age a couple who's got style but right most guys like your age gr like still dress kind of like how they did in high school and like times change fashion has changed style still right you know, it, it doesn't matter what like style you have but your your fashion your i mean your it doesn't matter what fashion you have but your style is what kind of complements most it. men generally dress for comfort mm-hmm. um and I can say that I'm one of those now. When I was younger, I always used to kind of be a um, style before comfort kind of guy. I grew up that way. I was always into it. 
until I got into the corporate world and I had to wear a tie to work every day. And once I got out of that, I'm like, oh man, this is great. I can wear shorts all the time. I can wear a t-shirt all the time. And I, I thought that was great, but I do enjoy getting dressed up, you know, when I have an occasion or if I, if I have, you know, some business, I don't think I like being told I need to be dressed up. And that mm -hmm. was a thing for me, but it, it's funny. Like, and even now when I, when I do just, I'm not going to lie. I, I wear shorts and t-shirt, but it's all Calvin Klein shit. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is you, if you need to dress up nice, you know how you can dress up nice. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll but still there's have style men out there that don't. And, right. and he's providing that for them. Yeah. Which is good. There's great content. And, um, even I've learned some stuff off of him, just like some of the brands that he gets sent, mm -hmm. like some of these um, watches that I saw him do a thing on some watches where he could buy one watch, a few different straps and have a bunch of different looks all the time. Yeah. And they were they were very um, they were very good styles for an older gentleman, yeah. which was cool. So some of the content he has is like he has some shoes that he reviews that are more comfort. You know, he's got some nice dress shoes that are comfortable. Like I got some dress shoes that are not comfortable, but right. now yeah. I'm looking into getting some shoes that are comfortable. And first place I'm going to go look is 40 over fashion. Cause that's the only person I know that will give me that. Right. Right. You know? So I think going back onto like people that do it, just do it because they like to, I see it a lot in kids. Like my niece, she's like about nine years old. And the other day I was with my sister and she was just showing me like, look at my niece's name is Aaliyah. And she's like, oh, look at her. Like she just she'll go on my phone and just record and say like, hi, my name's Aaliyah. And like just be very, very like confident in herself when she's in front of a camera. It's and become I, a lot more normalized yeah, in today's society kids, to exactly. see like people talking to cameras. Because like when vlogging first started. <laughs> someone was walking down the street with a camera facing towards them you're like what the heck is this mm -hmm. person doing and <laughs> right? now you don't even bat a second eye yeah. they go it's just a vlogger now you're over there trying to get in there and be like yeah. hey <laughs> you know <laughs> but it's it's i think it's it's nice like for me it's i'm still not confident in front of a camera sometimes when i'm in front of a camera i'm like oh man I started getting red. And, same here. I mean, know. it's a yeah. deer in headlights type of a thing for me once I see that yeah. camera go. <laughs> I'm the same. I love being behind the camera, but when I get in front of it, I, like, can't talk. I can't, like, if I'm trying to make a YouTube video, it's, like, takes, <laughs> it takes me forever just because I'm, like, I can't, like, speak one sentence thoroughly because I'm, like, okay, I'm staring at the camera. I got to say this perfectly, <laughs> like, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Same. But, see, even seeing my niece do that, that gives me more motivation and confidence to like, man, she's doing it. I, I like dig that. Yeah. She's got the confidence. Like I should be doing it. If a nine-year-old's you know? doing if it, she's you doing can do it. it yeah. I can do it. And that goes back to like, you can learn from everyone. I learned yeah. from, from her and she doesn't even know she's teaching me this, exactly. but I'm learning from her, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what about, what about some of the, I guess dark side of what people bring up about um, social media. Um, what are your views? I, I know there's some things that I personally don't subscribe to. I think people have always had insecurities. I think people have always had fears. I just think everything's on front street now yeah. and, and that becomes a problem. Definitely. I, I don't think that, social media itself is the cause of um, mental instability. Uh, I think it's honestly my personal opinion is that people get a little bit lazy and put kids on drugs way too early for the craziest things. Um, I don't personally subscribe to it being social media, but what are your takes on it? Do you think that likes really affect how people think and feel about themselves yes i think because, so yeah i have um a couple friends that will post pictures um some of them that are models and they'll post pictures and if it doesn't get a certain amount of likes in a certain amount of minutes or a certain amount of likes within like half that day do they pull it down they'll take it off wow. and then they'll post something else that gets more likes and that's what 
a lot of you just see with all the Instagram models is just like their ass now because it's <laughs> that's what gets the likes. More skin. Yeah. So it's like yeah. So it's not it's a lot less of like what you stand for and all this and it's more just like look at me look at me look at me give me the likes and that's why in australia like with australia now and in, on instagram in australia they took the likes away mm-hmm. so nobody can mm-hmm. see the likes and they're talking about doing it in the u.s and i think if they do it the one there's going to be a big transfer from instagram to tiktok that's going to further push TikTok because that has likes and shares and everything. And people want that and they want that recognition. And even on TikTok now, it's starting to see that Instagram trend of like only the people that get famous or the girls that are posting these like certain things um, or like the super, super funny people, which is cool yeah. because they're actually doing something with comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two, I think it'll change what people are posting i think people are going to start posting more authentic stuff because they're not worried about likes they're worried about what they want to post Mm -hmm. instead of oh i'm posting this because it's going to get likes or i'm posting this because i'll get a lot of exposure through this and then hopefully secure brands or whatever it'll be more of like how instagram used to be where it was like hey i'm traveling today this is like a picture i took or whatever instead of hey guys like got new shoes and it's like a picture of like their ass and like a little bit of piece of like their <laughs> shoe. Like, yeah. I, I think I agree with that wholeheartedly because once you have people making content for the right reasons and from what I understand the likes can be still be seen on your insights like if you have a business account you'll still oh, okay. be able to see what your likes are on the back end and that way you can provide that data if you're trying to grow a brand obviously because people who are who are going to subsidize your um, Instagram account with money, they want to make sure, sure that they're working, getting a return yeah. on their investment, right? Yeah. So the back end will still show that, but you're not going to get that, you know, that instant gratification. That instant gratification. And I also believe that it's a real thing that people do you know, live and die by the likes. Um, it's been scientifically proven that receiving those likes releases dopamine mm-hmm. um, in your in your brain and gives you that rush. Yeah. So you become addicted. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and- I do the same thing. Like when I post videos that I make and stuff, like I, I look at the view counts and the likes because it's like I want to see if people are liking the stuff that I make, not for my own Vanity. like needs it's <laughs> just i want to make sure my quality is at the level that i'm thinking or wanting it to be if it's not doing well then i know i need to improve yeah so you're always you're using it in a way to kind of get better yeah as a like education for my business and my um like my videos and my skills so it's how like, you okay, can i need improve. to do better with this one or this one did better than this video why now do you yeah. think those likes are a true measure of that um yes and no i think that it's good feedback um like so you can see if i post a crappy video versus a really good video the really good video will get more likes um so it's like if it has something super cool in it it will might and it's not that great of like quality um it can still get a lot of likes versus something that has a little bit more of a boring topic, but is like very well technically put together. It might not get as many likes, even though technically this video is more well put together. It kind of just depends on people's interests and stuff. Um, But that also helps you as a business because you can see what more people are interested in um, as far as like videos go and businesses go. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I think, um, it just gives you an opportunity to really look at like is is my the content I'm putting out there is this um, how is it being received mm-hmm. in a way and like can I do better yeah or like am I doing this right it can yeah. kind of reassure you and give you that confidence like okay I am doing this right yeah but I think it's all about perspective and how you're using it mm-hmm. I think those Instagram models you see like this is just my personal opinion is they have a lot of insecurities about themselves. And to me, I look at a, at a woman and I look at, you can really tell a lot of of a woman if she posts a lot of pictures of herself showing skin or like 
her butt or her tits. Like, she's not very confident, in my opinion, when I see it. Like, oh, that's not a confident girl. But to me, if I see a girl that's taking pictures of her family, things that she likes, and it's like, she's a very pretty girl and has like a very nice body, but she's not showing the skin. Yeah. And she's always taking pictures of like, you know, maybe a, uh, with family or pictures of herself, like not trying to show yeah. off what her assets are. But, but still just, feeling herself like yeah, anybody yeah, else. Yeah, you know, would, anybody right? yeah, can. Yeah. That's, it's good. But if you just see every picture is like that, then they're really searching for something, mm-hmm. you know, like I think those girls that are confident, they don't really need that. Or they don't the need likes. that, that um, like reassurance. Mm-hmm. They already yeah. know. They know they're beautiful. And even if they're not beautiful, they know they're a beautiful person. inside. Yeah. They have their values set. Yes. They don't exactly. need. Yeah. They don't need the compliments. They don't need the gratification. It doesn't do as much for them as it does for the people that are more insecure and need people telling them and need those likes and need that constant reassurance of, oh, okay, I want to make sure that everybody still thinks I'm pretty because I don't think I am or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how many times people tell me blah, 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 I still don't think so. So I need to make sure I'm doing these things to make people think that uh, I'm pretty or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I, my personal opinion, I think everyone's beautiful in their own way, like guy or girl. That is so whatever it is. Correct. No, I, I'm just teasing. I really you. do. Totally just teasing like you. <laughs> I, even even if you think of autistic people, like most people would say they're dumb or retards. You know, that's mm-hmm. not not a political way to say it. But I know a lot of autistic people that are so smart yeah. in that certain area that yeah. they will blow any smart person yeah. that is like smart in all different areas. And America's, to me, it's yeah. like America's everyone's got beautiful. Yeah, Cody at, Lee just Cody won, Lee just right won the million dollars. And autistic, yeah. autistic and he's from blind mm-hmm. and a fabulous musician. Yeah. yeah. That dude, like, I, so this past week, he just won it about a week ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And constantly, all this week, I think every day I have watched a video of him singing just because it's like, it's inspiration to me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's nothing else going on for him except that he can't see anything. He just feels his music, and that's what he does. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't see it. So that's why I say everyone's beautiful in their own way. Because sure, sure. Even the assholes out there <laughs> can be beautiful, too. Yeah. They just somehow lost it, you know. But it, it's really, um, I guess it's a way that social media can kind of show what you're really about and what you're not. Mm-hmm. Well, it reveals a lot of the stuff that you're, it reveals everything. Yeah. I mean, I think I said a little bit earlier, everything's on front street mm-hmm. and you have to be ready to be judged. You, you do. You have to be ready to be judged. You have to be, you have to have a thick skin and be ready to take it. Yeah. You have to, if, if you're going to put yourself out there, you've got to understand that you're going to take a, a lot of, things that are said your way that are unfair Mm -hmm. that are taken out of context that are misunderstood um and on the flip side you're going to get a lot of praise for people who don't understand it like you could be saying one thing and somebody interprets it another way yeah and they think you're the coolest motherfucker in the world but you meant it an entirely different way you're right so i mean it really comes down to at the end of the day you've got to be self-confident you have to be understanding a lot of the things we already talk about social media just amplifies it mm-hmm. right yeah yep. i think i heard a quote earlier this week and it was about um like if you get offended when someone uh challenges what you say or um doesn't agree with you then that's an ego thing mm-hmm. you know so yeah i think if you're going out there and you're you're getting mad at someone that is like saying to you like, hey, you know, maybe you could um, do this a little bit better with your pictures and you get mad at them. That's an ego thing. Yeah. You know, now if they're that's over there saying you're an asshole. The, yeah. That's you know? a huge thing in the creative industry, too, is when you get your videos critiqued. Yeah. It's because you put all your creativity in it when someone like suggests something that you should have done or it hurts differently. (laughs) it's like yeah it's like well i wanted it like this because of this creative whatever 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 and you have to be willing to take that interpretation because 
if you think your videos are and movies and everything are so great but nobody else likes them then there's an issue there so you have to be willing to get that constructive criticism and take it and it's you can do what you want with it if you did something that was a super like um on purpose um intentional thing in your video or anything your pictures your artwork whatever and someone doesn't like it she's like well this is the this is what i was going for i wanted to portray this um yeah. so like i wanted it to come off this way i wanted it to f make people feel like this and if you don't like that that's okay it's not good it's not for everybody um and segueing into this um before we end up this podcast the sandy hook psa just came out um and there's a lot of controversy around it right now because of how they did it um from i've seen it i'm going to show you guys but before I show you guys um, if anybody listening doesn't know what the Sandy Hook is it if you guys want to explain it because I know I was still pretty young but it was um, uh, elementary it was school. an elementary school shooting yeah it's one um, of the first yeah one of, of the like first the shootings ever shootings in this yeah, country that really went nationwide yeah um, and that's up what there with Columbine which yeah. was probably mm -hmm. the first one but um, and it also happened at a time where it appears that people took advantage of the whole situation and leveraged it for political purposes, which blew it up even more, mm -hmm. which is probably why some of this, this PSA is so controversial. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an elementary school shoot mass shooting. So before we show you, um, and then if anybody listening wants to go watch it as well, um, please do so um from a film point from a film perspective i think it was shot and the cinematography and everything and all the shots was done excellently i think everything was filmed the way it was thought out i think every shot was like like very very great and very well put together and i understand the message that they're trying to go across they're trying to create a shock factor which a lot of PSAs will do mm -hmm. um, they'll make it seem like it's something normal and then shock the viewer at the very last second which this does um, and a lot of people are thinking that it normalizes school shootings which I can completely see um, but from the film perspective I can see what they're trying to do but I want to see what you guys think of it not being um, as knowledge in the film industry and in the commercial business um, and see what you guys think of it. So I'll show you real quick. For sure. And while you're doing that and pulling it up, just wanted to get this question out because it ran through my mind when you were talking a minute ago is with social media, do you think that there are that creators today create more to chase the dollar rather than to be creative for creative to creativity sake i think there's a good mix mm -hmm. i think a lot of them start off just wanting to do creative and then once that money hits it corrupts them mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but i also think there's a lot of people that stick to that creative thing like liza koshi she was just on um jay shetty's podcast um and she's was the number one YouTuber in 2017, first YouTuber, fastest YouTuber to reach 10 million subscribers. Um, and now she's gone on to be an actress, to have her own YouTube Red show. And she's always done everything with so much like selflessness and she's so humble and she's so creative. And that's why she's done so well is because she's not doing it for the money. She does it because she loves doing it versus people like other people like Jake Polish, they're creative. They are. He's very creative. Um, I have friends that know him, um, but you can tell the difference of when the money gets to you versus when you're really doing something that you really want to do. Yeah. Um, and Jake Paul used to be on Disney Channel and then he got kicked off his show because of controversial stuff he was doing because of all the money he had. Mm. Um, so it, it shows you that you can get things screwed up if you're not careful and you're doing things for not always the the not the right reasons but different intentions and yeah. again i think your answer just goes to show that m social media i don't think has 
changed us at all because the world's always been like yeah. that that money and power corrupt yeah. and change and maybe not necessarily always change people for the better um it just exposes yeah, us yeah it advertises yeah. your your mentality to the masses yeah and i just want to state that of course we all need money to survive yeah you know Money's it's like money people thing. say money is a devil and like all this it's a they, tool it's a tool <laughs> i just how you use it yeah. and uh, one of my favorite motivational speakers is Les Brown, but he talks about saying like, you know, everybody wants to get rich, you know, but like, oh no, everyone says like money's the devil and like you will never reach uh, happiness or anything with money or get to, I just want to be happy. That's all I want. But he's like, in order for you to live like a happy life and get stress free, you need money. Like not happy life, but in order for you to not worry about problems and stuff yeah, like you that, have to have that you have to have that cushion. And if you look at a lot of social social lives, minorities end up dying sooner than rich people because of the access that they have. You know, some yeah. people might die because they don't have the money to get the operation or they don't have the money to get the medicine. And if you if money's not an issue, it's like you don't die for, from things like that. I think I could challenge that, though, to a certain extent, only because. You could also make the argument that people who don't have money don't necessarily have the same stresses that people do. Yes. Yeah. Biggie Smalls, more money, more problems. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, definitely. So I, I'm not sure that we can definitively say one way or the other how the scales yeah, there's advantages yeah. and disadvantages um, to both and one of the things i think it comes back to is the thing that you're saying it's perspective right like i know plenty of people that make less than forty thousand dollars a year that are totally happy yeah and right now there are bazillionaires in silicon valley who are offing themselves because they didn't raise their next round of capital yeah. and they're going to lose it all or yeah. they think or they don't have a family and they're lonely right all those things so it that's uh that's probably a whole different show yeah. in and no, of yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so let's I'll show you guys this this PSA right now. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. I have a question. Who yeah. put out the PSA? Sandy Hook. Uh, or, um, this, yeah, the Sandy Hook Promise.org. Interesting. Um, I got a little bit. I'm gonna be honest. I got a little bit of a fear mongering vibe. Yeah. So I think it. Yeah. I think it definitely um, has the ability when kids see it to normalize school shootings and kind of give off that vibe of like, look, this if you're going to normal. school, this is gonna happen at your school. This is what like now you can use all these everyday things that as weapons or to get out of your classroom or whatever. Right. Right. Um. And it. Uh, and inflicts that fear of mm -hmm. um, of going to public school. Mm -hmm. And I think in the next couple of years, a lot of kids aren't going to see the inside of public schools a lot. There's going to be a big demand for um, like homeschooling and like at home teachers and all of that. Even online. Um, with exactly. Like because the parents are going to see this and they're gonna be like, I'm not sending my kid to a public school. And um, and. I think it's in Michigan. They're building a $40 million school that the 
hallways are curved and all the windows are bulletproof. But we can talk about that on another podcast because that basically it creates an issue of that's one school. How many schools are there in the United States? How expensive is it going to get into that school? How much do I have to pay to get my kid into that school? And then what happens when the shooter decides not to go to that school because it's all built like that or and they go to the school five minutes away and just shoot that one up instead. And now I'm a parent where I'm blaming the government because my kid died because I didn't have enough money to put my kid in that school. And now they're suing the school district saying my exactly. kid couldn't go to that school because you made me go to this school yeah, because it's the zoning and exactly. Even even as me like as a kid the way I I thought when I was a little kid, if I were to see that as a kid, I would be looking at w- weapons to have at school. Yeah. And you to use. start being like, okay, how do I protect myself yeah. at school? And even not only that, like some kids can see that and see that there's weapons to be used at school every and everyday tools. Yeah. I have and scissors. They I could have. use that against yeah. other kids themselves. Exactly. Well, I would know? hope they would see that anyways that their their problem solving skills and and um survival skills yeah. would say pick this up and stab this fool yeah if I, have the chance. I always had <laughs> but when i was in school my like once the shootings became more relevant my school went on lo- lockdown once um because there was an active shooter um fleeing from an apartment um that just killed a guy and that ended up being my friend's brother that got shot and was killed. But he, the shooter was, um, approaching our school. So we all went on lockdown. Um, and my thing even before that was, look, every classroom has those sliding whiteboards at the front Mm -hmm. with all those shelves in the back. I was like, I'm going to go throw all the freaking books out of that. And I'm going to go hide behind that whiteboard and close it and get as many people as we can in there or whatever either that or get everybody against the window and as soon as the guy walks in he's not going to get all of us and we'll get him but my thing was if i have to hide i'm going to hide behind that whiteboard because i guarantee you he's not going to just start shooting the whiteboard Mm -hmm. and you're hidden behind that yeah see my school never had that so i don't even know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah so it was like these glass cabinets basically but it was a whiteboard in front so you Ah. could slide it and it had like a bunch of shelves that Ah, teachers kept their papers um but yeah so like as if you guys as a parent how do you take that if your kids were so as a parent that's a great question by the way as a parent i see that and for me i think i've always been a proactive parent when it came to teaching my kids about conflict and how to resolve conflict and how to solve problems um I've always taught my kids, um, you know, if a fight is inevitable, um, you know, defend yourself and take care of it and always be honest in what happened. And if you come to me and you tell me what's up, I will go to school and I will defend you and Mm -hmm. it's not going to be a problem. And in the same ways, when these types of things come up, I think it's my job and I think it's parents' jobs to really sit down and talk with the kids and let them know that this is what's going on from my perspective and how I think you can help yourself the best way in these situations. And even if we need to educate ourselves a little bit more because we don't have all the answers to that, we can definitely do that. But not to always take a PSA or what an educator or a teacher or a school official says as a gospel truth. Yeah. Um, I think that there are always agendas. Um, and do you think there were, could have been a better way for them to have made this and to portray it? I do. Um, I just don't know how off the top of my yeah. head right now. Yeah. I just, like I said, the feeling I got from it is, it was to normalize it. It was to yeah. put kids in that fear mindset of this is the new normal yeah. of going to school and this is what you're going to have to deal with, like it or not. Because it starts off like an everyday back to school commercial for exactly. school supplies. Like you think you're going to about to watch something for Walmart or Staples. Target, yeah. Um, yeah. And the problem with that is 
there are so many more days when a school shooting doesn't happen. So that is not the new normal. Exactly. Yeah. It's still so rare for it to happen to your school. So rare, but it happens. But it's right. like car accidents. It's yeah. very rare that you're going to get in one, but it still happens. Or your plane crashing. It's so rare, but it, it happens. But I think fear really like sparks up a lot of like. Yeah. Um, it makes people talk about talk it about it, but we never talk like that one person that does it shooting. That's that's a a sick victim. Most people would yeah. say right, but that's one out of all the thousands and millions of people that are beautiful people, and they do things every day, not for likes, not for anything. You know, they do it just because they want to help in a way. Firefighters. You know, some police officers, you know, there's a controversy on that, too. But there's people out there even just that doing things selflessly, selflessly. And we we never think about talking about them. Well, I definitely agree with what you have to say there. And here's my two cents on that is we as a society and especially one of the cool things about what we get to do. Um, by having a platform like this podcast is reinforce positivity, reinforce the good things in life, you know, go out there and talk about and really raise the awareness on helping somebody out is a good thing. A selfless act is a good thing. Building up a business without tearing somebody else's down is a good thing. I think you can still compete hard. I think building like one-on-one relationships really help and especially in the school district as well i think instead of trying to inflict fear into these kids they should be focusing and spending more money on making sure every single kid at school is feeling like he's a part or she's a part of the school and feels like they are cared for and they have that relationship with either their teachers if they don't have a lot of friends their teachers are helping them or there's there have friends or whatever and being making kids like be a part of more groups and to just kind of be more exposed to interpersonal communication and interpersonal relationships because with social media a lot of that is fading there's a lot less of actual human to human conversations sometimes so and that can cause people to kind of go into that depression so I think schools need to push more building relationships with each student, making sure that each student is okay, making mm-hmm. sure each student's home life is still okay, um, and making sure that they're aware of any risks of any students, any potential risks, having the school counselors talk to every single kid at that school every once in a while to build these relationships. And, uh, and one thing I want to add on that is I think it's okay to be different and still be a part of a group. Exactly. I think people think that, oh, I'm different. I can't belong to that group. It's okay to be different and still belong to a group. My group in high school was a huge group of completely different people. We were just a bunch mm-hmm. of... Uh, Diversity is yeah, okay. <laughs> we were yeah. huge, just a bunch of misfits that loved each other and were best friends. Yeah, and like even look at us. You know, We're different, yeah. but we... You'll it, always be able to find something you can relate to in someone else. Right. Yeah, There's there are never common someone, threads. Yes. I, inevitably, you'll if you look hard enough, you'll yeah, find common threads. They're both threads. human. You'll you have something in common. But your differences are what are going to allow you to learn, to grow, exactly, to become closer together. You know, yeah. to 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 bond even closer because that's how you challenge people. Yeah, that's yeah. why relationships really good. Like. Uh, romantic relationships succeed is because they have a lot in common, but they also challenge, challenge each other's each other, ideas. Yeah. And oh, that's yeah. what creates that attraction. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, just like you challenged what I said earlier, like I, I saw your perspective on it and it, that does make a good point. And I do agree completely with you and kind of, um, one thing that is kind of going on that they're talking about is like, autistic kids Mm -hmm. and taking them out of that segregated class and 
putting them into I a normal class. I think they should be integrated. I 100% you know? yeah. agree with that as well. That makes them kind of not feel like they're different or yeah. might have helped them break out of that um, awkward. Because yeah, that makes them feel, if I was an autistic kid and I was only in classes with only autistic kids, what am I supposed to do when I go into a workplace and it's yeah. normal people? I don't know how to interact with these right. normal people mm-hmm. because I wasn't doing that for my the majority of my school years because kids spend 40,000 hours plus in school so that 40,000 hours of communications and experience with other human beings that either don't have autism or have a different disability they need to be grouped so they can grow that experience from a very young age to they're 18 so they have that wide spectrum of experience and it's something that is built into them to hey this person has these issues this person has these issues i have my issues everybody has something going on everybody has their own benefits everybody has their own disabilities whether that be more severe or not i know how to communicate and work together and be human with them instead of not knowing because it's like a different like culture that yeah. I'm just being brought into. Yeah. 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 And I think kids, sorry to No, go you. ahead. Kids that are not in that class, it kind of gives them uh in a way like I just saw this growing up and like I never liked bullies, but there was people that or kids when I was growing up like, "Oh, look at the kids. You're in the special class or you're yeah. in the special bus like." Yeah. Like, yeah, they're special because they're special in their own yeah. way. But kids interpret that as like, oh, you're a special kid. You're lower than me. Right, right, right. You're, yeah. you're, you're not up to me. They think that they're not normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But the funny thing is it's kind of the irony in that is like if you're normal, you're never going to be anything yeah. in life. You're just going to be normal. You're exactly. going to go get a normal job, live a normal life, and you're just going to pay bills and die. Yeah. If you have something that sets you apart, whether that be autism, Down syndrome, or anything or like a a a voice an insecure voice or yeah you could if you have something you can use that to an advantage you can turn any disadvantage into an advantage and that's exactly like the cody like cody lee he turned a disadvantage into an advantage he figured out how to use his skill to win america's or win america's got talent yeah i was gonna say i think his mom had a lot of yeah. Uh, well, she recognized yeah. support that is very important. Yeah. Support. To she recognized go. that he could live through music. He yeah. could tell his story. He could That's how he have could an outlet through music. And as she grew that, it seemed from the outside looking mm-hmm. in, it seems that she recognized his, his purpose in life is to be an entertainer. Yeah. And yeah. I think, a lot of parents can learn from that with their own kids is don't challenge, don't put your own fears into your kids and don't don't try to stop them from what they want to do. If you try to figure out a way to support them and do that, then you might be able to do something like that. Whose parents try to recreate their own lives into their kids um and it never works out the kids become so rebellious because that's not how it works there's no way it's going to work like that and i think again like the the parent to child relationship is very important and i was watching cody lee's mom actually during the finale um and the show before the finale and watching just her demeanor whenever it was like elimination time when it would be Cody Lee versus someone. If she was like, I was watching to see if she was all cocky to see like, Oh no, we're already won this. Or if she was calm and she was completely normal. She, it didn't seem like if they lost or if they won, it didn't matter to her every time she would just be talking to Cody. Like she didn't even care. The cameras were there. She was just having a conversation with her son up until the point where they won and then she lost it and was crying. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, granted, of course, that's completely Anybody expected would, yeah. to be. And that's because she was able to do something with her son and create this experience together and, like, 
do something to help him out for the yeah. rest of his life. I think she was able to show the rest of the world what she saw in her son. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like that's, and what they should see. That's why she was, I think, yeah. more emotional about it is that everyone finally saw yeah. the special thing that she saw in her own son. Yeah. And know? he just proved it to the world. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That you can be anybody, you can have come from any background, have any disability. And still but be. If you use it as an excuse cool you can stay at the bottom but if you can find a way to do something with it you can you'll go to the top so quickly with it so i think this is a very good uh topic for us to kind of continue next yeah next I, I think we definitely can we didn't even get a chance to touch on social media for business um it's definitely a topic worthy of continuing the conversation yeah. um i think the biggest thing that we learned today to recap is that social media hasn't changed us or the world or anything it really has just exposed us for who we are because yes. it, it's just amplified everything yeah. um so for for those who are out there who might be thinking like you said earlier we might have older generations that are oh these kids are just on computers and they don't know what real life is and that is real life now it, it is all the same emotions and the same thoughts and the same insecurities that they had when th that older generation had when they, yeah. they were younger it's just, it just trade in a different way it's really just traded and treated and tra and traded in, in a business sense and and everything else it just it all manifests in a faster more upfront and less diluted way yeah yeah oh, definitely mm -hmm. so um i think with that we will go ahead and end today's podcast um i want to thank you guys again for coming tonight i i always love our conversations they're really awesome um they they bring a lot more questions which is great. That's what I love. I'm a super curious guy. And until next week, we'll be back and uh, right here back at the table. Bye.